1: Listen to The Butterfly King on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Hello. and
0: welcome to my favorite murder. The mini sewed. Being videoed too. And with Dottie as a special guest. Dottie.
1: For the fan cult, if you want to look at things while we talk about them, including Dottie, join the fan cult. All right, should we
0: kick it off?
1: Let's do it. You wanna go first? Or want me to go first?
0: Uh, whatever you want. Okay, I'll
1: go. My first one's called Alaska Quicksand. Hello, badass beauties! I grew up in a small town called Eagle River, Alaska. As children, my siblings and I were taught to respect nature, but our wild man father really pushed the limits. This included hiking mountains in the middle of nowhere. My badass mom had to hike down with a dislocated knee more than once. What? <laughs> I want to hear that story. How do you, how yeah, right. how do you hike with a dislocated knee? You got to get there somehow. It was also not uncommon to be car camping with bears shaking our cars, feeding backyard moose carrots, and of course, watching out for eagles that may snatch up the rat dog (laughs) that he didn't want. And then it says, now his boopy. Of course. The one adventure that was off limits was walking in the mudflats. The Alaska Turnagain Arm includes a road with 90 degree cliffs on one side and the ocean and mountain views on the other. Many people stop along this road, as it is one of the prettiest places in Alaska. That being said, it is also very dangerous. As a child, there was the legend of a woman who had walked into the Turnagain Flats and got sucked in. The legend was that the helicopter tried to attach to her and pull her out, but she was torn in half. (gasps) Spoiler alert, this is not true, but the real story is still horrific. I know. The 18 year old woman was with her new husband, four wheeling in the flats, and had gotten stuck. She had stepped off to try to push it out, but began to sink. By the time help arrived, she was already chest deep. Her new husband held onto her for as long as he could, but he watched as his fully conscious wife was sucked into the sand. No. This half true urban legend instilled a deep fear of drowning for me, which has honestly kept me safe in the Alaskan wilderness. Unfortunately, these mud flaps have claimed other lives. Occasionally, I will take this road and see crews practicing rescues in the mudflats with high-powered water jets. For those coming to Alaska, just a reminder that moose will kill you, bears don't need to be touched or fed, (laughs) and our mud may be quicksand. Otherwise, it's majestic as fuck, and our salmon are bigger than your toddlers, Corey,
0: (laughs) God damn. Also, I didn't know moose could kill you. I thought they were like, all casual and didn't care. I think they're enormous. Have you seen the like The real
1: size of them when a car is driving by and it's just like they're twice the size of an SUV kind of a thing.
0: Yeah, but like what do they do to kill you? Just like trample you like a horse or like use those big teeth to bite you? I don't know. I have so many Alaskan questions. So many. All right. My first email, the subject line is, 1924 sister's death still looms large. Hello, murderinos. I just started listening to the podcast and I can't get enough. I wanted to share this 1924 mysterious death with you that still looms large over my hometown of Campbellton, New Brunswick, Canada, just where the province of New Brunswick and Quebec are separated by a bay but joined by a bridge. Thank you. Love all that information. Mm -hmm. On November 9th, 1924, two sisters, Dorval, 22, and Lottie Ramsey, 19, decided to hike Sugarloaf Mountain, a 1,000-foot mountain that shadows the community, at 4 p.m. What's odd about this is that Campbellton is a cold place, comparable with the Midwest, due to the geographical location. It would be colder than Maine in this particular spot. In November, there would be snow and potentially temperatures as much as 30 below. And then in parentheses, it says Canadian, sorry. (laughs) At 4 p.m., it would be starting to get dark. The girls also chose to ascend the north face. Not one regularly climbed because it was treacherous. Despite the conditions, the girls reached the top. This is where accounts differ, but reports confirm that there were tracks that showed them pacing or walking in circles on the mountaintop. Some suggest that they were then chased by a bear, but bears would be hibernating at this time. Others suggest that they went up to pick blueberries, also not happening in November. Some say one sister slipped and the other tried to help There's other suspicions in the community, which rarely make print, that the girls had a suicide pact or that one was pregnant out of wedlock. Although pregnancy is not noted by the coroner, an autopsy wasn't done. Hmm. Back to the facts. The two girls' bodies were found halfway down the mountain, showing head trauma, indicating they fell or jumped from the top of the mountain. In subsequent years and to this day, two crosses are painted on the mountain at the place the bodies were found— ...painted by various volunteers. Now here's where it gets even weirder. Nearly everyone in my hometown believes they are related to these two dead girls. Everyone has a story about what happened and points out the crosses and tells their story. Bears, blueberries, suicide, you get it all. The story of these two girls is intricately woven into the fabric of the community... It first struck me as odd when I was dating my boyfriend in high school, and he told me he was related to them. I said that was impossible, as he and I weren't related. And then in parentheses, it says, yeah, in a small community, you always do a little quick genealogy first if you're smart. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. Because I was related to the two girls. My family insists that we are related to them via a distant cousin, but I've yet to be convinced. On the other hand, I attribute this story in part in encouraging me to pursue a PhD in folklore and Mm. studying the impact of narratives on communities. That's cool. Amazing. The mountain is dangerous. And as a small community, we are all connected. And scary, terrible things can still happen in a small community. The story warns about all the dangers of our community being nestled so tightly in nature. You have to drive past Sugarloaf Mountain to enter our community. It's in the town crest, in the name of Sugarloaf Senior High School. <laughs> it says "Go Bruins." Um, Campbellton will never be far away from the legend of the Ramsey sisters' unfortunate and untimely death, Jody.
1: Jody, great email. Truly like, perfect hometown. That's what we want—is the like legend that everyone thinks they're fucking related to them, which is hilarious.
0: And that you have the raddish fucking career in the world. So good job. Because of that, because yeah. of this kind of thing, that, like this cloud that's hanging over. And I yeah. think it's really, it's so what the true crime community feels like these days, where everybody says they're related to these two girls because everybody feels related to them, because right. people's families talk about them. People's yeah. families are concerned about them. Everybody has a reason to say something and the rationale that it's because you're a distant cousin Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when actually it's just a very human thing to care about like the mystery and the kind of like what would have gone on to have that happen to these two girls yeah
1: amazing what could it be yeah that's really cool two great adventure emails
0: georgia is there anything scarier than trying to log into an account And it tells you that your password is incorrect. And then you try again, and it's the same thing. And after a few more failed attempts, big red letters appear saying you've been locked out and your account is suspended. That happens to me all the time, Karen. But... Scary password stories can have happy endings if you give 1Password a try.
1: 1Password is a user-friendly password management system. It's trusted by consumers, families, small businesses, and large-scale enterprises.
0: If you're tired of being the family member everyone texts for a streaming login or the unofficial keeper of all those shared work credentials, it's time for you to pass the torch to 1Password. They allow for secure login sharing.
1: With 1Password, you can securely store more than just passwords, autofill everything from usernames
0: to pay details and personal info. They'll also notify you about potential data breaches. 1Password saves everyone time. And in many cases, that saved time equals money saved. The accounting department will thank you. Don't just listen to us. I mean, you should, but don't just do that. The
1: Associated Press uses 1Password to secure their sensitive information in high-risk areas. Right now, our listeners can get a two-week free trial at onepasswordcom MFM. That's two free weeks at 1, as in the number 1, Password.com slash MFM Goodbye. All right, let's do 1970s wedding hometown. Hi, Karen in Georgia. First of all, I wanted to send a thank you to Cheryl in Texas, whose story you read about her mother's passing and having those who love us come to get us when it's time. Yesterday was the three-year anniversary of my dad's death, and Cheryl's message was the hug from a stranger I didn't know I needed. Now to my hometown almost murder. In honor of my dad, here is the infamous story of his and my mom's wedding. They should have been celebrating 50 years this month. Truly, fuck cancer. Truly. My parents were married in August of 1973 in Stanley Park Pavilion in Vancouver. Another Canada one. You can picture this 70s wedding. My mom and her bridesmaids made their long, bell-shaped hippie dresses. My dad and his groomsmen all had long hair and mustaches. My nono's contribution, my dad's dad, to the wedding festivities were barrels of homemade red wine that he drove (laughs) down the coast in the back of his truck. Yeah. As a result, the sediment got shaken up in the barrels, and you can tell who'd had too much to drink because their mouths are all black (laughs) in the photos. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) My parents had a great time. They danced, they drank, they watched their families mingle. Cut to three days later on their honeymoon when someone decided it was time to tell them what had been going on behind the scenes that day. Ooh, quick setup. The Stanley Park Pavilion was built like an L at the time with each wing a separate venue. And in the middle of the L, there was a common bathroom and kitchen, etc. So there's no crossover between events except in those areas. The night of my parents' wedding, there was another wedding happening in the other wing, and at some point in the evening, a man from the other reception had gone to the restroom in his wheelchair. While he was in the stall, someone had reached over, or under, the side of the stall and shot him in the heart. What? Apparently, his relatives found him in the stall, and the call went out for a doctor, and that was my grandfather's cue. He quietly left his daughter's wedding reception and attended to the man in the bathroom until the ambulance arrived. The man was taken alive to the hospital and my grandfather returned to the party with my parents, none the wiser, the only sign, a little speck of blood on my grandfather's white shirt. (sighs) Cut to a few days later on their honeymoon and someone thought it might be interesting to share the events with my mom and dad by showing them the weekend edition of the paper. As far as we know, the man survived. I have a photo of my parents reading the newspaper article for the first time on their honeymoon. Oh my God. And I found the article in the online archives, but I don't think they ever caught the person responsible. For what it's worth, I love it when you guys talk casually about spending time with your Mm dads. I miss mine deeply every day. All the best, Steph.
0: That is, like, fascinating.
1: Just a random 1970s wedding reception shooting.
0: Like, was it completely random? Was this person just a bystander a victim or was there like revenge or was it this yeah. or like yeah. oh my yeah. god
1: and it all takes place with great clothing
0: happening and canapes <laughs> and past apps and the smell of weed in the air <laughs> and also like in an entire party full of people doing everything they can to make sure that that doesn't get into right So symbolic of life, where it's like there's the doctors and those kinds of people who are like, I'm just going to step out. Mm -hmm. You'll never know I was gone. Mm -hmm. Maybe save a life, dip back in for the final toast. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Time for the
1: YMCA. Dang.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay. I'm going to read you half of the title of this email, which is The Rare Idaho Hometown. The other half gives it away. Okay. Hi, ladies. I trust you're both doing well. This is a little long, but an interesting read. I promise. Let's get into it. About 10 years ago, I was 19 years old, living on my own for the first time. I was living in an apartment about a block away from work, saving money to go back to school. Because I lived so close, I always drove home on my lunch breaks rather than packing one. This day, as I pulled into the... (laughs) First of all, I just love... It's so me. You pick an apartment that's close to work. But you still drive to work. Yeah. I immediately assume this is a person that's like, and then I got in my 10,000 steps a day and it's like, nope, then I can drive home real quick and then drive back. Pay for gas. I could just walk and then pay for lunch. But
1: listen, (laughs) don't worry about it.
0: So this day I pulled into the parking lot. My entire building was cordoned off with police tape, officers everywhere, and people in full hazmat suits. It was quite a scene. Again, I was 19 and clearly lacked common sense. I went right up to the police tape and no one caught as I slipped under and walked up the stairs to my second floor apartment. (laughs) No. You see a hazmat suit and you're like, I got to get in there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I need to have my turkey on white now. Oh,
0: it says, I was hungry, did not have any money (laughs) to eat out, and really wanted a bagel. I I know that feeling. I finished up eating and went back outside when a police officer clocked me walking down the stairs. She asked if I'd been in there the whole time. I said, no, I just slipped under the tape to get some food. Insert long lecture here. Mm. I asked the officer what was going on, and she said she could not give me any information, but there was a possible contamination. I asked if she thought my apartment would be available by the evening and she said she didn't know, but your management isn't going to pay for you to stay in a hotel. Great. My apartment was cleared that night and over the next few weeks, more details came out. Apparently, my upstairs neighbor had been collecting uranium (laughs) by scraping trace amounts of old plates, glasses, etc. He then stored it in open bowls scattered throughout the apartment. What? Police somehow got a tip and the EPA was sent in to clean it up. It took months and $250,000. My favorite part was finding out that radioactive material had been found along the stairway I used every day and was covered in duct tape for weeks before being drilled out of the concrete. Duct tape does fix all, I guess. Mm. Oh, and the person that lived in that apartment... He was evicted, but there was not enough radioactive material to press charges, so his name was never released. I don't know what he was planning to do with the uranium, but probably nothing legal, right? Stay sexy and don't cross police tape, even for a bagel. Amanda.
1: How does one know how to and then actively get uranium? That's beyond
0: me. Also, it's very scary. It's like he was scraping it off of plates. And it's yeah. like, sorry, which plates yeah. are these? So that yeah, we don't you get those? use those plates? <laughs> Is that like one of those yeah. commemorative Ronald Reagan plate covered right. in uranium? What's happening? Yeah, what kind of plate are we talking about?
1: Okay, here's another money machine story
0: yes thank god
1: (laughs) um hello i'm gonna jump right in as this is a long enough tale but i promise to sing your praises and the crew that you created at the end please do we demand it thank you in minisode 332 when i heard got to go in a money machine story from bridget that also included a mention of a limo i knew it was my time crossovers. I've written to you before, but if a body in the trash can in my front yard or Nicolas Cage paying my rent emails did not make the cut, maybe this will. (laughs) Love to hear those too. Set the scene. 1997, 1998-ish. I am 12 years old living in Boca Raton, Florida. Land of the wealthy, and I was not one of them. Mom worked two jobs and dad worked crazy hours at one to afford rent in the city for good public schools for myself and my three siblings. Mm. One of my best friends was having her 13-year-old bat mitzvah, and I was invited to join her while she got her hair and makeup ready earlier in the day. So much fun. Her dad arranged for a stretch limo to pick us up and take us around all day. I had never been in a limo. I was so excited. At their neighborhood guard gate and several red lights throughout the day, I just had to roll down my window and ask a stranger, excuse me, do you have any Grey coupon? Classic. You gotta. Usually with a terrible attempt at an accent. In my young brain, it was the funniest thing ever.
0: Can I just say? Yeah. The line is, pardon me. Do you have any pardon me? Pardon <laughs> me.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. I mean, get, if you're going to do
0: it, do it right.
1: <laughs> Flash forward to later that night while attending her bat mitzvah, she had a fucking money machine for all the kids attending her party.
0: Oh my, I forgot about the money machine part as this description went on. I'm so excited yeah. for these children. <laughs>
1: Only in Boca Raton does a 13-year-old get a money machine at her party. So awesome. It had several hundred dollar bills inside, too. They wanted us all to know. <laughs> Bridget, who wrote before, I'm sorry you were stuck in the cheap money machine, allowing only a single dollar to be submitted through the slot. Remember that one? You had to pick a dollar through it and then put it through the slot. Oh, right. My money machine experience, <laughs> you got to keep whatever the hell you could hold on to. I found that just slapping my own body while the money world around me worked best. (laughs) Slap it to me, then slide it in my pocket. Genius. All caps. I got one of the $100 bills. Yes. Walked away with around $130. In today's money, it's written that way. (laughs) Yes. That may as well have been $100,000 because that's the most money I had ever held in my hand. That was all mine. Yes. I am 36 now, and that day is still one of my fondest memories from growing up. Thank you for all you do and the community you two have created through MFM. Keep being you. Stay sexy and don't ask strangers for condiments. Stephanie.
0: (laughs) I just realized that the point of money machines is that children should be in them yeah i mean i feel like all the kind of 70s tv that i think of when i think of those things yeah is somehow game showy or like it's always adults
1: yeah children
0: are the ones that would go not right. so in one of those it's
1: one dollar bills it's not like a hundred dollar bills all the time like people aren't gonna get rich off of them but kids who are gonna get 30 40 bucks or whatever are gonna lose their fucking mind that's
0: kid rich yeah, that's Kid Rich. I just would love to know that either mom or that party planner, whoever's idea that was, and it's like and it's not just singles. There's some hundred dollar bill. I mean Brilliant. just a frenzy, a money frenzy. I never went to a bar about mitzvah
1: that was like that good. All we had is like caricatures and like <laughs> personalized, like,
0: (laughs) socks and stuff. Oh, my God. There is, on TikTok, there is a guy that does caricatures. And I think it's in Honolulu. Oh, I've seen them. They're the most amazing. So awful. Every person looks so terrible. And it is the
1: funniest so perfect like it's them we have to find out who it was we'll talk about it
0: oh yeah that's a good idea it's
1: the fucking best thing i've ever seen
0: i laughed so goddamn hard the first one was a sister and two brothers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you just see the drawing and you're like oh that's crazy and then you see them Mm -hmm. and you're like like it's so hurtful it's like do you hate these people
1: you see the one where like the boyfriend is one of her big teeth yes
0: (laughs) And there's one where like it's a uh, newlyweds and they make his face tiny like his head is big yes. but his face yes. is really it's just hilarious. It's amazing. Oh, okay, that TikTok Alejandro just sent it to us. It's called caricature party. Look it up. You you won't blo- Now I'm just staring at it because the pictures are so hilarious and insane. It's almost like if the meanest person in class drew a picture of you cuz they didn't like you, but it's for <laughs> anybody. But they were an incredible
1: artists, so you couldn't really argue with them.
0: Yeah, you can't argue, but at the same time, as you're looking at them, you're laughing, at, but you want to say to the people, "You don't look like that. Like, don't no, worry about it." It's
1: it's hurtful. If you didn't have older siblings, I wouldn't suggest you do this. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you're, you're fragile, fragile in any further, way. Right? <laughs> okay.
0: Oh my god. All right, I'm not going to read you the subject line of this. It says, Hi, lovely ladies, and all affiliated life forms. And then in all caps, it just says, I finally have a hometown with four exclamation points at the end. Roller coaster horror story time. It's the early 90s in Australia, and I'm the youngest of three kids out on a rare family trip at the now non existent Australia's Wonderland. My older brother and sister decided they wanted to go on the roller coaster appropriately named The Demon. Being all of seven years old and tiny for my age, I didn't want to be left out and wait with my dad, who was minding the bags. Said bags were, of course, full of pre-packed sandwiches and snacks, which meant we knew better than to ask for any theme park snacks. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, That's like my dad used to make us big grocery bags filled with popcorn to bring to the movie theater. Smart. Yeah. Which doesn't taste the same. It just doesn't taste the same. You can't Put enough salt on home popcorn to, yeah. to match movie theater popcorn. Anyway. <laughs> and it's embarrassing as hell. Because yeah, there totally. was like butter marks. It's insane. Anyway. <laughs> Okay. Back to the coaster. It literally says that in the email, but also needed to say that in true early nineties style, the ride attendant assumed since I was standing with my mom that he had no obligation to check my height before we climbed into the coaster. All excited for the ride. My siblings sat in front of our car and my mom and I behind them. Safety harnesses clicked down. Nothing wrong there. This was a proper harness. Down over the shoulders, big padding and a satisfying click as it locked into place. Mm -hmm. The ride began and immediately on the first loop, I came out of my seat and my shoulders popped right through the middle of the harness. (sighs) Like had I not been gripping the handholds on the front of the harness, I would have gone flying. Oh my God. I let out what I'm sure was a supersonic scream. My mom looked over and threw her arm across my chest, trying to push me back into the seat. Now, there's a reason this coaster is called the Demon. It was a labyrinth of twists and loops rather than peaks and troughs. And this meant I was gripping the handholds with all of my strength as every single time we went through another loop my shoulders slipped through the harness and my bum and legs were in the air
1: dude as someone who was the youngest of three older brother and sister who always wanted to do fun things like that and i couldn't be part of it because i was this tiny little thing i fucking am feeling this in my bones yeah like Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, because that's
0: like the kind of thing that you fight to do it. And then once you're doing it, you're like, the rules don't apply to me. (laughs) Right? Okay, to top it all off, this coaster stops at the dead end track in the middle of the air and then goes through the entire ride again backwards. Oh no, my God. (laughs) So then you can't see what's coming. Needless to say, by the time we got off the ride, I was sobbing uncontrollably. My mom had a sore arm, but was trying to convince me that it had been fun as we walked back to my dad, (laughs) which I was having none of, Mm -hmm. but on reflection may explain why scary movies and true crime are my favorite somehow. Final note, we went to collect the photo, which was taken while we were on the ride. My mom still has it. My sister and brother are sporting scare sighted and then a parentheses it says scared plus excited, grins in the front. My mom looks like she's concentrating on what is coming, and all you can see of me is the top of my head and my wide, 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 terrified eyes over the back of their seats.
1: Oh my God, (laughs) that's adorable. I want to
0: see that picture so bad. I might also write in someday about the fun tread water game that my siblings played with me at the beach while my mom son baked and read books. And then it says hashtag born in the 80s. Stay sexy and check if your kids are big enough for the ride, even if the attendant doesn't seem bothered. Amanda, she, her. Oh my God,
1: Amanda, I feel you like wanting to keep up with the older siblings, but just not being, you know, substantial enough. I get that.
0: Not having wide enough shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's all it is. It's like everybody else is snapped in and it's like yeah. great. And then you're just, you just like get stepped up. You're just not wide enough.
1: When I was little, remember when laser tag was really big? Yeah. I think it was the 80s and we went to this laser tag place and you had to be a certain height and I wasn't tall enough, but my brother and sister were. And so I went in the bathroom and stuffed my shoes with the paper towels that were in there Mm -hmm. to try to get a little taller and it didn't work. No one fell for it? What'd you do while they were doing it? You could like go up on the walkway with your dad and shoot down at them, but you didn't get a go in the like actual maze part of it. Like, you know, it's just me and Marty fucking... Shooting people from Sniping.
0: (laughs) Sniping sniping from above. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, send us your not fair little kid stories that are like bullshit that you did anyways and regretted it afterwards maybe. yeah
0: like what about a not fair little kid story that then led you to do something that in retrospect it, like you got in trouble for you knew you shouldn't have done right,
1: right you understood the rule after that yeah whatever yeah send it to us my favorite murder at gmail and also say sexy and don't get murdered goodbye, goodbye. elvis do you want a cookie This has been an exactly right production. Our senior producer is Alejandra Keck.
0: Our editor is Aristotle Acevedo.
1: This episode was mixed by Liana Squalachi.
0: Email your hometowns to myfavoritemurder at gmail.com.
1: And follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and on Twitter at myfavemurder. Goodbye.